Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 89, and 89 is special because we're joining you guys live from a pavilion in Green River. Yeah, this is uh, the last day of our workshop here that was part of our Goblin Valley Goosenecks and Natural Natural Bridges Bridges. Milky Way photography uh, workshop. That we, uh, you know, had some snafus <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> if you can count having the weather show us who's God, then this is a snafu. I mean, we couldn't change. It's not like we forgot where Goblin Valley was. We're like, oh, crap. I swear right. it's over here. That's a snafu. The weather is just a curse. It's a karma. I think it was Brendan's fault. Last week he did something wrong. What was that? What did I do? I don't know. Whatever karma caused to happen. You know what I did. <laughs> you know what I did. <laughs> so welcome back to the podcast. It's episode 89. We're almost into the 90s. You can start talking about Screech and Saved by the Bell and 90s references. That'll be fun. No, we don't need to bring, we don't need to bring up Screech. No. I hated Screech in the 90s. I hate him now. Yes. He always messed everything up. So we have guests with us from the workshop. We're going to go down the list, starting with Tim. Go ahead and introduce your name and what camera body you use, and we'll go down the row. Um, hi, I'm Tim, and I use Nikon. I have a D750. Hi, John Williams here. I've been shooting uh, a, a Sony, so I've got an A7R III and an A7R II. And this is Jeff. I've got uh, Fujis and Sonys, and, well, there's a few of them with, so I don't feel like listening to them all. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Chuck Edwards, uh, Nikon D850 and 500. Awesome. Chuck joins us from Florida, then Jeff, John, and Tim all join us from Chicago. What was your guys' club that you're in? Oh, that's the Lake County Camera Club. Lake County Camera Club. One of the very finest camera clubs anywhere. (laughs) Take that, all the other camera clubs. You're the worst. (laughs) So here in the podcast, we're going to skip the what's new and go straight into what happened in the workshop, but I want to make a couple announcements. First, I'm going to announce the early bird specials, and then Brendan will talk about our contest that's going on right now. In the early bird specials for our workshops in 2019, we have those already out. If you're not a member of the workshop alert, this isn't to encourage people to make sure you sign up for it. We're not trying to grow there. We're trying to thank the people who already are part of that alert. And so those of you who are on the alert, just so you notice those emails coming through, you can check it, see your links to all the workshops, and you can see that you got a $150 early bird special. So check that out if you're interested enough that you want to sign up for the early bird special i've seen people three people joined yesterday the alert i just sent them directly the email that i sent last saturday so if you guys aren't on the alert list already go to workshopalert.photogadventures.com you can sign up for it there and you can sign up for it from any workshop page too from last year if you happen to know those links so i'll send it out to you right away and you can take advantage of 150 dollars off which is nice because like our oregon workshop is oregon coast two nights of milky way typically $600. It's only 450 for two nights of Milky Way out there, and that's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. Hey, so for this month's contest, we've talked about it last episode, is a, um, getting the Milky Way shot with some motion in it. So whether it's cloud motion or car trails or something along those lines or even some spinning LEDs, 
there is definitely an opportunity there to shoot the Milky Way with some motion in this in this shot as well. And uh, the prize for that for the contest winner is uh, is it the Royce e-book? Bear ebook? Yeah, yeah, Royce Bear Royce Bear ebook um, that he uh, put together a few years ago, which is like the master ebook for Milky Way photography. So, yeah, it's a, a great prize. A yeah, it's a great prize. It's a great guide, and uh, help you guys get you on a on your you know right path to getting great Milky Way shots. And so, John, last night you got a Milky Way with motion. Okay, no, there's no Milky Way, but you got some <laughs> motion. We're going to have to talk mm, about That was an interesting Milky Way. Let's just say we'll talk It'll about it. Milky Way in it later. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the magic of compo compositing, you can have it. John, uh, Jeff was taking at one point a tripod that has a light attached to the front of it with gaffer's tape, spinning it around his back like he had a tail that was flapping in the wind and running were you going backwards down the hill or forward? Well, I started going backwards, yeah, <laughs> because I wanted to see what I was, well, I wanted to see what, what I was doing, not where I was going, and I figured I could follow the yellow line on the road, so I yeah. could still see that, just like backing up. <laughs> Surprisingly, he didn't biff it. That time. Yeah, that, that would have been actually fun, yeah. <laughs> So awesome. Let's talk about this Milky Way workshop because right now I'm going to go with Tim for his next comment. I'll ask you a question here on the spot, Tim, so get ready. So we are going to change the name of this workshop. One, it's cumbersome. Goblin Valley Goosenecks Natural Bridges National Monument right, workshop. Right. I mean, so we just called it the Goblin Valley workshop. People who might look at it casually will think, I don't want to just go to Goblin Valley for four days. They might not realize right. there's more to it. Yeah, it's a great place, but so still. Yeah. We're... Looking at this list of sightseeing that happened just naturally, having to go to all these locations, it's going to be called the Red Rock Milky Way Workshop. So check this out. Just starts off at a simple overlook off of I-70 over the San Rafael Swell, then Factory Butte, Royce Bear Milky Way Butte, Fry Canyon Overlook, Moki Dugway, Goosenecks, Monument Valley, Natural Bridges, Canyonlands Needles District, Wilson Arch, Goblin Valley, Swell Overlook Sunrise, Black Dragon Canyon, Wedge Overlook, Buckhorn Wash Dinosaur Footprint, Buckhorn Wash Pictographs, Goblin Valley Three Sisters, Little Wild Horse Canyon this morning. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Now, the reason we hit all of these spots is because we were kind of, you know, a little foreshadowing here. We got a little skunked in the skies uh, at night. <laughs> Some of them. Some of them, yeah. So we tried really hard to get in the right position at the right time and all that stuff, but still the weather is its own thing. We cannot control. And so uh, we tried really hard to make it worth these guys' time. So they loved the idea of going out and visiting some, some of these cool areas that have some amazing red rock and some amazing structures and sunrise and sunset and try to make it just as as good as possible because right. we weren't really in that great of a luck for the milky way sometimes you got to make your own magic and uh, this workshop we had to and i would say that we still were cursed constantly by clouds it's like okay let's go to house on fire ruin the next morning we can do that and then the clouds that ruined our night ended up not dissipating by the morning we had no direct sunlight to give us that glow that happens in house on fire ruin so then we were stuck not going there that morning and so we got skunked landscape photography wise and Milky Way photography-wise, that was a pain in the butt. But that was terrible. It all started really, if you guys know what's going on in the West, all the wildfires, it all started with the wildfire smoke. I kept right. checking the smoke map for the first time in my life because I needed to know where's an open sky. Actually, I'll go to Chuck first. Chuck, when you got here in Utah for the first time, how did the mountains look? For the very first time was last month. They were beautiful. This time, I didn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a blue blur. Thank God for a dehaze filter. Um, this has been an awesome trip. Wonderful bunch of guys. Very positive. So even if we had a snafu, it all turned out well. 
<laughs> Here's ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go to Tim right now and say, Tim, okay. So the first day we're going out there. Is there anything that stands out that you had fun with just on the drive down? Because if you go to this workshop, you're gonna experience what six hours. If we don't go to Goblin Valley first because of weather, and we go to Goosenecks first, that's six hours in the car. What was it like? And does anything stand out, Tim? That well, I, it was a long drive. The the schedule got sort of messed up because of the cloud cover. So we went to the furthest point first, which was uh, Goosenecks, which turned out to be a beautiful place. I mean, it's just like the pictures, actually. So unfortunately, we got a little skunked. Uh, we were all set up, tripods out there on the edge, found our vistas, and uh, the clouds rolled in. So, Did you get anything, Tim, out of the goosenecks? Well, we slept out under the stars, I will say. And uh, although it was cloudy when we went to sleep, it seems like at some point during the night, everyone woke up. And everyone the next morning was talking about just laying there and looking up at the stars and how amazing it was. I haven't slept out under the stars since I was a kid. So It was awesome when we woke up, but someone couldn't sleep for another reason. Well, sunrise was happening. Well, before that, the chorus. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually drove out in my van, so, you know, your six-hour drive was cute. Um, <laughs> it was about 20 or 25 hours for me or whatever, but, uh, um, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, snoring going on, so I actually abandoned my outdoor hammock and went inside and <laughs> closed up the van so I could get some sleep. Just <laughs> by being is, hot. Yeah, yeah, the key is to be the first person or second person to sleep. <laughs> right, which is hard sometimes. By the time everybody else is falling asleep. It's a little loud. So new gear we'll have to suggest is earplugs. Everyone bring earplugs. <laughs> I actually oh, yeah. have those. I, I actually have those. Yeah. <laughs> so John, did you get anything out of Goosenecks that you're, I mean, happy to look at again in process well, at least? You know, we we really did have some Milky Way. I mean, it started to get uh, partially covered by the uh, clouds as it went by, but I actually kicked in. Uh, some of the um, time-lapse uh, shots prior to that nice. so yeah I was getting some something out of that and then of course in the next morning after sleeping under the stars which was a first for me it was fantastic uh, but then the next morning we were seeing that beautiful round orb of a Sun start to pop up over uh, some buttes through and the, through the that, smoke yeah, through the smoke. Which, which smoke but actually, which that may have actually worked because it made that kind of uh, fuzzy, uh, you know what I'm saying? It was really it was cool. It was a rising red sun. It was really bright and really defined. But coming through the smoke, you could see the sun circle perfectly. But the smoke, defi- the heat, that diffused it just enough that you could get a really good picture and having that red, red sun on those buttes and the silhouette was just beautiful. Yeah. It's like yeah. a painting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to appreciate that sun because I was posing for your picture, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was making sure to take some landscape photography portraits, <laughs> and uh, uh, he's just such a cute, lovable guy when he's asleep. <laughs> oh, that picture is going to be lost. I can tell you right now, the delete button's going to be found. And nothing's lost off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chuck, at Goosenecks, did you have anything photographically that you experienced that was a learning part or a challenge that you can mention? Yes, focusing. You gave me a, a very detailed program to uh, sharpen my focus, and I actually got my first Milky Way shot, mm, which yes. turns out fairly decent. Nice. So thank you. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes. 
very first. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> so then let's go all the way back to Tim. Let's go all the way back to Tim. And goosenecks, we left it. It wasn't going to be anything to stay and wait for the river to get lit. You might have heard me talk about it before where we wait at the goosenecks, get that river lit up, and then we combine those two moments. We blend them. We don't move the tripod. It's all the same image. We just want to make sure that that story of the river is being told with some light on it. And we just said, okay, forget it. I woke up long after that orange sunrise because I was just, I was so tired. (laughs) And so then when I saw them all busy, I would peek my eyes open and I'd see you guys walking with tripods and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to stay asleep. And then we left and went to Monument Valley. Had you been to Monument Valley, Tim? No, I hadn't. So just the, the peak of, of it, looking at it from that distance shot, the classic down the road shot, how'd you like it? The second truck going by. Big old truck yeah. in Green River. It might not be as loud as we think just because it's going through the No, I, it was... Uh, <laughs> There's no boat. No, it was a beautiful shot. We had a great day that day. Nice and sunny, and all the the buttes or monuments, whatever they are, uh, were there. Yeah, but actually, you know, it's funny. I vaguely can picture that picture. Oh yeah. Everybody else seemed to know it intimately. You know that exactly what the the image was. But uh, yeah, that famous uh, road traveling down to the Monument yeah, Valley, and yeah, long straight. Yeah. It yeah, seems like a lot cool. of people have taken that shot, and as we were there, we saw many tourists getting that you know, same shot, too, yeah. yeah, with their phones and other cameras and stuff, but yeah. So between the first day drive of Factory Butte, Royce Bear Butte, the overlook of the swell, Fry Canyon Overlook, because that Fry Canyon Overlook is where we stood out on that oh, yeah, one ledge and awesome. see the river turn underneath us, and the Moki Dugway and Monument Valley, these are the extra sightseeing spots. Any of those spots stand out to you guys or get any good pictures? It's all a blur. It was so much going on. It's a blur. (laughs) There was never a dull moment. (laughs) Yeah. Reset the mind back to all the activities because we had one thing after another after another. That was great. What we found is you just can't stop a car and let a bunch of photographers out. (laughs) Right. Because uh, it could take quite a while to get them all rounded up and back in again. And we some, kept stopping at these <laughs> fantastic places. It, just, it was great. It's yeah. because somewhere down the line, every day, where's Tim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the quotes of the, uh, the trip that we've used over and over again. Yeah. Wait, where did Tim go? We were in New Zealand a couple of years ago, and we climbed up this. It was in a neighborhood to get into an overlook. And I saw a sign on this mailbox, and it said, all who wonder are not lost. <laughs> so just because so Tim went off wandering doesn't mean he was lost. Me doesn't mean I'm lost. <laughs> I'm just out wandering around. Yeah. So. so outside of the workshop three areas, did anyone get a portfolio piece or a piece they really loved in one of these extra sightseeing locations? Mm. <sighs> oh, wow. I'm not time. processed yet. <laughs> I'm sure there's yeah, more, I'm, way more than one. Yeah, yeah. Processing, schmassing. <laughs> Shoot a Fuji camera <laughs> with Velvia film simulation. <laughs> Fantastic stuff from Sunrise. True, true. Man, that Moki Dugway, that was cool. And uh, shooting down and so forth, you could take pictures. You could see the hairpin turns of this road. Yeah. And uh, we were pretty trusting of the driver at that time. But, uh, but yeah. Even more so now. Yeah. Even more so now, right? <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. 
And then I turned around, and then there was a perfect starburst against the edges of the boulders and mm. rocks, and it was just cool. Yeah. <laughs> Such a cool place. So along this whole trip, I have been staying in the vehicle. I've had pneumonia. My camera is buried beneath all of their gear, and I've been to these places before, and someone's kind of, you know, I'm making sure everything's this or that. And so a lot of the times they've had their cameras out, and I haven't. So I don't have any participation in this section, but we found a spot. We drove by it. It's in Needles District in Canyonlands, and we looked over, and we saw, okay, we got to come back to this spot. When we were on our way out, we stopped there, and like Tim said, man, you let photographers out, they won't come back. And they were gone. I took turns. I started cleaning the van, emptying the cooler water out, because they just never were coming back. They went to one spot that I thought was right there across the street then they walked further into the edge and they kept going to a cliff edge and then climbed up another hill to that cliff edge okay someone who was there Jeff say what you're gonna say but someone else who's there think about what it was explain it to me because I didn't experience it myself just as part of that too I was, I'm driving a separate vehicle I've got my van out um, and I took off ahead of them because I wanted to get some shots and I stopped three places mm -hmm. and then I waited at the, at, at the first potential meeting spot. There's nobody there. I waited five or 10 minutes and I'm like, ah, they must've moved on to the next spot. So I took off down the road. <laughs> I think I meet, beat you guys to Moab by, I don't know, a half hour or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stopped three places. So I know you guys were there for quite a while at your one. <laughs> yeah. So Chuck, what did you think about it? Tell us about it. I think we all need to be tethered. <laughs> it was gorgeous and everything you saw you wanted to see more or you would investigate a little bit further and yeah, before yeah. you know it you hear a faint voice in the distance <laughs> you see Aaron <laughs> Tim where are you <laughs> how did the turn out for you guys yeah well you know what I was going to mention I know that Brendan and I were definitely practicing when we were at the Needles mm -hmm. because we had a creative uh, shot that was done the day before at Natural Bridges by mm. Jeff. You know, you know, you, you want to talk about that uh, magic was that, that the, was created? Was that the day before? Yeah, yeah that was magic. the day. But yeah, that would give daytime. away my. That would give away my secret, though. Oh, mm. my secret. Oh, secret. Okay. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Very good. How did my what? At the Needles District. Your panel. At the Needles District, that panel. Because I wasn't with uh, you guys. Someone describe it to me because I'm feeling left out. Did I do a pano there? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did. It would have been a, uh, a handheld. I don't think I even had my tripod. But, you know, that was a oh, spot really? that wasn't hmm. even, there, were, there wasn't even a pull-off, really. Right. I We were just amazed. Yeah. yeah. There was so. a little kind of couple of little paths that go out to the edge, but I mean, there was just like they weren't really supposed to be there. They're just yeah. a few people wandering in and out there. And when you get to the overlook, you're like, wow, this could easily be its own parking lot and viewpoint easily. Uh, was there crazy weather out there then when you guys were over there? Because the, there had been a lot uh, no, of the rain coming down and all that before. It, it tamed down a little bit, so it was it was fine. Because <laughs> clouds rain. Yeah, the clouds not were off in distance, not really there. <laughs> yeah, the, the clouds were in our shot, but not over us. So Okay. Yeah. I think I did probably, I did a huge pano there. I think I might have even taken like 30 shots, and I'm just going to stitch them all together in this giant, huge, okay. wide pano. Were there any strengths in that pano? Um, I zoomed in at like 200 millimeters, so, I mean, I got really close to the distant rocks and just really just went crazy. So I, I won't really know until I get home and process them, but from what I gathered, it looks pretty promising. It looks pretty good. 
Right on. I mean, Canyonlands Needles District is such an out-of-the-way place. If you've been to the Canyonlands right off of Moab, you go to Dead Horse Point, and then you pass it, go to Mesa Arch, that's in the Canyonlands area. You might think of only Mesa Arch and the Island in the Sky view as Canyonlands, but Needles District is cool way down south below Moab. I mean, way. Okay, and this is the ongoing joke from the whole trip. Aaron King is an optimist. How long will it take to get there? 20 minutes. <laughs> it turns out to be 42 minutes. And so I was a little off. I, I cut it in half, but it got him there. It made them decide, yeah, let's do it. In fact, at one point, I didn't change the mirrors on the car as we're driving in an empty space, and I thought Brennan would jump in, so I let the mirrors there. I couldn't even see Jeff in the van behind me, and he's been trying to signal me for miles because he thought, okay, Canyonlands Needles Overlook is over here. It's 20 miles in or 20 minutes in. He just said he was going to do that short drive. He must mean that. You're going past it. You're going past it. He thought I was having a misadventure, but I wasn't. <laughs> he, he was going where he wanted to go. It, just, uh, it was just different words, yeah. And I'm like, this is 34 miles, not 20, and it's Needles District, not Needles Overlook. But yeah, yeah. it's important. He's like, no, this is totally where I was going. I'm like, ah, cool. <laughs> so we were doing that sightseeing, went in there. It was very worth it. We were finding really cool little rocks. I mean, this whole workshop has taught us that Goblin Valley is not the right term for it, red rock. It's just, we. this is the workshop of seeing red rock. So we're going to talk some more about the red rock at Natural Bridges and going over to Goblin Valley right after this first break. We'll come back with Chuck, Jeff, Tim, and John, and also Brendan here too. I'm here. Yep. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is uh, part two of episode 89, and uh, we're here with the other guys from our workshop still, and they want we want to ask them about their first impressions of Natural Bridges National Monument, specifically uh, well, actually, the whole place was awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we did our workshop in Omochoma Bridge area, but we actually got to venture out and go explore some places that we haven't even seen yet. Right. So tell us about your uh, impressions, John and Tim and yeah. Jeff. Uh, well, it was a really cool place because you couldn't, as you were descending down into it, you would never know, ever, what existed there right. until you really got into that it's park. It's a big gorge, right? And then, it, it, and then it's got this uh, one-way circular... Uh, loop that goes through it and we were having a good time just stopping at various uh, lookout points and it wasn't long before you could see some of these natural uh, you know arch bridges cutting across where the uh, the riverbed and so forth ran underneath but mm-hmm. it was great uh, there weren't a lot of people there we kind of right. had the rule of the road to yeah. ourselves pretty yeah. well which is nice we hung out uh, we were watching and waiting for a good sunset which kind of kind of came through partially you know it was great but it was just comfortable and we were waiting anyways until later until we could do the mm-hmm. uh, the night you know it was great yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was a very enjoyable afternoon there uh like john said the one stop was extended i mean we must have been there for <laughs> hour and a half maybe i don't yeah know. waiting for sunset yeah yeah and everybody just sort of went and did their own thing uh from shooting miniature caves to uh <laughs> I was trying to get a shot of this raven that kept flying up to this little tree that was hanging out above us. So, uh, quite enjoyable. Yeah. Except for the wind. <laughs> the wind right was at, very right strong. Right before sunset, yeah. for some bizarre reason, we got this huge gusts of wind. Coming up out of the valley. We were all tying down the tripods. Yeah. Except for... Like from, except for me Brandon with my 14-pound uh, setup going there. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Chuck, how did you fare in that uh, Natural Bridges area? 
gorgeous area. It was like a kid in a candy store, actually. Mm-hmm. Every five feet, I was taking a shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I became the where is Tim person for the day. <laughs> <laughs> where is Chuck? Oh, he stopped about four hours ago. No. <laughs> it, was, it was actually gorgeous. This was my first time there, my first time out west, and mm. it's phenomenal. It was a lot of fun. Jeff, you and Brendan went down to a really precarious spot right by, was it Seepapoo Bridge? Have you ever been down to that spot? Because I know you've been to Natural Bridges before. No, I've, I've hiked down in, the, uh, in the, the, the base of the canyon down there, which is really cool. Yeah. Especially when you, I mean, you don't see some of the stuff from up above that you see down there, like mm-hmm. how much water has flowed through there sometimes right. because there's just stuff, just junk wrapped around the trees. But that ledge that we went out to, yeah, that gave us another really cool view. Yeah, um, looking back, I suppose that's upstream, uh, that direction. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you can just go off these paths really just a few feet, and then you can just travel down to these big rock structures, and just, and then all of a sudden there's like a 100-foot drop or 200-foot drop, and you're just like, Yeah, I think Whoa. that's an underestimate. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's I thought we were talking, maybe yeah, 300-foot drop. Six, seven, eight hundred <laughs> feet or something, yeah. Right, it's just really crazy. In this situation, I have this torn back-and-forth feeling of workshop leader, photographer and I'm trying to be available we're not a this isn't the landscape photography workshop where they're planning on learning from me on landscape as much as Milky Way so I'm not getting involved but I'm just trying to be available and I don't have my camera so I just started this Zen taking it all in I got a spot right there on the Kivach Kach Kivachi what is that bridge it was not the Sipapu bridge um, Kachina Kachina bridge okay Kachina Kachina I can remember that the Kachina Bridge, there's an overview, overlook that has, for some reason, they have a bar further out in the middle, and the top bar is up high, closer mm-hmm. to you. So I could put my feet on that and sit on it, and I just sat there for 30 minutes while these guys were getting shots and enjoying the weather changing in front of the sun and some light coming through at some points and some light not. And I don't know, I just felt like at peace and just... Usually I'm rushed. I'm trying to find a composition. I feel like I'm trying to find something better than anyone else has ever found. I had none of that pressure. Just focused on the enjoyment of it. And, man, that was peaceful, and I loved it. Yeah, and I just set up my tripod up high at the end there and just did a time lapse and just let it rip. And I was just then I could just wander around and do whatever as well, which is also really fun. So with Natural Bridges, we ended up having a night that sucked. The clouds, we were just, we were begging them to stay out of the way of the horizon so we can get another shot of light on the rocks there in the, in the canyon. Then we were just begging for the light to open up on the horizon that we couldn't see, that it would bring in color underneath these clouds. And we were just waiting. Every second it felt like that cloud could open up. This could be amazing. And then someone says something that was profound and painful. Someone told me that coming out to Utah for Milky Way is really easy because it's almost never cloudy. And as he's looking at the clouds, blocking the sunset, and also filling the entire sky, I did a time lapse on my phone to see which direction the clouds were going, and they weren't just going one direction. There was shorter, shallower clouds going to the west, and other clouds going to the east, and some were just forming right in front of me, all in a quick, like, five-minute time lapse. Mm. And so it looked like we weren't going to have these clouds get out of our way for the Milky Way. They were all just hanging around, underlapping, overlapping each other and constantly hanging out there and then driving to Oachomo getting our gear out so we can hike down it's now dark and we're hiking with our headlamps and just all of a sudden you get down to the bottom of the bridge and you look up and realize holy crap the sky is open yeah 
And John, yep. you felt like yep. I was not a liar at that point, right? Oh, yeah. You started <laughs> to redeem yourself. <laughs> For what, an hour? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, oh. Might have been a little more than an hour, oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so what did you guys do? I mean, you guys were looking for a shot that Brendan's made pretty awesome. Jeff and John were down there. So you guys talk about any challenges, what went well and what didn't go well with goose with the natural bridges, Oichomo Bridge Milky Way that you had for at least an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, Jeff was laying down on the job. He was. <laughs> That's not where I fell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so Brendan's shot is a, a big, wide uh, pano, and uh, they said, you know, he did a lot of work in Photoshop to get it to straighten back out, <laughs> and uh, when I went just about underneath on the, the I suppose that's the, the, well, the left side of the bridge as you come down, and uh, I set up my, my pano gimbal, and uh, I just looked at it, and I went, dear God, that, I don't want to do that much work. I went back, <laughs> I went back further right. <laughs> John was still kind of over in that way, though, so he's going to have yeah. a lot of yeah. Even yeah. where I was then 20 feet further over, there's when I look at the images, there'll still be a, a, a lot of work to get it to straighten back out in, uh, yeah. in, in Photoshop. <laughs> what would you see? What went well? Anything for you two? Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to say it was really great having you guys with your knowledge of the location Thank beforehand you. because... I mean, we were able to go, and I said, okay, show me the different places you guys have gone and what kind of shots you were getting. And uh, they were, you guys were right there. You were able to share even the different uh, perspectives, uh, you know, with us, with the iPad and everything. Uh, and so I was able to go, and I set up my first camera and set that up and let that go on uh, time-lapse. And then I went to a second location afterwards. You guys weren't even there. You were back helping the other guys. And I went and set up my second camera in the second place, mm. you know. Which, and, which scares me because John was kind of up above and a little left of me. And you just hear this, like, rock starting yeah, to fall. Yeah, like, it, it was pretty <laughs> yeah, loose yeah, gravel. Yeah, right pretty, up there? Pretty darn loose gravel up there. Are you going to crash uh, into me? But it, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I did sit down on the gravel once, not intentionally. You <laughs> <laughs> found the gravel. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it was great. That was the first time too seeing like the the effect of the low level lighting. So I've I've done light painting a, a variety of places before, but never the low level lighting. So mm -hmm. that was that was really interesting because I was like, when are they gonna turn the light on? Oh, <laughs> I took a test shot and I'm like, oh, it is hot. <laughs> yeah, once your eyes adjust, you realize it's not just a silhouette anymore. It's just actually, hey, it's actually yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just barely lit. It you was easy for it to, to be too much. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, that was really interesting. Yeah, doesn't take very much. No, it doesn't, and that's uh, little devil do you. Yeah, a little, little, a little practice will go a long way when it comes to lighting. You know, those kind of objects. So Jeff and John were down there underneath in the challenging, you need a wide angle, you're going to do a panorama, something to recover the shot. But then Chuck and Tim went out a little further, just up the, up the ways where Brendan was, mm -hmm. and captured a few shots. Uh, Tim, anything that you can pull out from what was going on there for the one and a half hours that we spent fixing lenses, changing lights, taping off lights, trying to get ourselves from falling off the hill since that is slant, it was a challenge during that hour. Yeah, it was, and I learned quite a bit there. I first set up down by where uh, Jeff and John were, and I was using a 20-millimeter uh, fixed lens. And I, once I got set up and looked at the composition, I realized I was just too close mm -hmm. with that 20. So, you know, uh, I, I moved back to where Chuck was, which was much better for my composition. And uh, I actually ended up getting 
quite a nice shot, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So the one thing that I discovered with my lens is that it's con. This is amazing. Is that it has trouble focusing at infinity in manual. Can you believe that? I mean, can you freaking believe it? The lens that he brought for astrophotography has one flaw, and the flaw is he can't use it in manual and focus at infinity very well, which is precisely the only way we get focus on our Milky Way. Oh. Frustration. Yeah, that's true. And that's I mean, one it's thing not that like it was horrible, but, but it's it was just hard like, to pinpoint because yeah. the, the focus ring was just too kind of kind of too clunky, too chunky, I think, to yeah. Yeah. to really find focus, right? So I mean, it's a Nikon Prime, so it's not like a you know a yeah. bad lens. It's not a it's bad lens. He would look at it and say, "Okay, what do you guys think about this focus?" And I'd look at it and go. It's just, I feel like it could go a little tighter thinking that all he has to do that's is just... Too, that's what I said, too. That's what I thought, too, when I saw it. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's just a little fat, but it could go mm -hmm. tighter. Mm -hmm. And it never, ever, ever could. Hmm. And Aaron had these, uh, a loop that we were using on our screens to, to do live view focusing, which did help, oh, you good. know, quite a bit. Awesome. So thank you, Aaron, for that. <laughs> you bet. The situation with the Carson Lumi loop in live view is the easiest way to see the orb of your star get as tight as possible, or if you use the planet, get it as tight as possible for your focus. And then you're good. But if your lens never gets there, then oh my gosh. And then with Chuck, we found another challenge, and it's something that we've noticed before, but we always got to remember. You have a UV filter on or another filter on there for polarizer, oh, yes. and you might leave it on your lens. And we were trying to get focused, and we're like, well, what's missing? Why is it not getting there? Yes, I have a, a UV filter for protection, and it just didn't make that final adjustment for focusing, and having Aaron there was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> he figured out that the lens was a problem, we took it off, and beautiful shot was acquired. He has a unique shot at Natural Bridges where the natural bridge itself is perfectly horizontal, parallel with the bottom of the frame and the top of the frame. And then the Milky Way is just slightly degreed off to a slight slant and not perfectly straight up. And it looks really neat. I haven't seen a shot like that. How did you like your shot, Chuck, your whole composition and everything? I loved it. Um, the biggest thing I had was coming from the East Coast. That's the first time I've experienced a dark sight. Oh, nice. <laughs> so... The fear of breaking my neck, breaking an arm, breaking <laughs> <laughs> my leg. After we had, we got to this spot, it was fine. Aaron calmed me down. <laughs> and I was finally able to focus and, and get a really decent shot. I'm happy with it. It's my first Milky Way shot, and I can't wait to take it home and actually process it. It looks good in yeah, raw. The composition was really cool, too. I've never seen it also. I've never seen it like that, and I think that's really fun uh, to see how people have different perspectives and different compositions even within relatively i mean we're like a maybe 30 yards from each other the whole time and and yet we can all come up with completely different compositions it's pretty pretty awesome did anyone else have a picture or a comment on natural bridges before we go on to goblin valley mm, i was happy with with what i was getting uh the only thing was is that these clouds started yeah. now that was it was early that the clouds started. We had a good run for yeah. uh, for a while. And then, and then, and then the, the time lapse proves the clouds <laughs> literally started having babies and born right above. <laughs> right right, right the there. I mean, it's not they, like they didn't blow in. in. They, yeah. they weren't coming in from anywhere. They just started to form. <laughs> One of those things where you think and anticipate. It's like, okay, there's yeah. a big bank of clouds over here. We got to hurry. Before yeah. we knew it, 
it was over. It yeah, was, and we've had that happen before. Actually, that's not the first time that that's done it to us at that location, and so uh, even a completely completely different time of year. Yeah, we've had the, the this cloud just hang out the entire time the core is moving across the sky, and the cloud just stays right with it and doesn't leave and just keeps regenerating. And it's just like I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's the, something that always happens in that area, but I don't know. It's just very <laughs> yeah. bizarre. The last thing I'll say about natural bridges is that you'll get people who will join you in natural bridges and who knows what they're thinking, but man, these people joined us at the end and they wanted to light the bridge with only one little part of it. And then they'd swing the light all across the bridge as if they're light painting. So I thought, okay, they're just gonna light paint a frame. No, no, no. Then they kept the red light on the bridge as well. It's like, <laughs> are they getting focus? Brendan tried talking to him, but unfortunately they didn't speak English and it was, <laughs> It's like, okay, man, the clouds came in. These guys are lighting the bridge with this, like, I don't know, crazy fireworks display of light. You <laughs> could see it in the time lapse that John has. It gets nuts. And so it was just, it was time to go. And that's when you start huffing and puffing it up the hill. <laughs> yeah. 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 For someone who's never hiked natural bridges, I describe it as being an easy hike and something that you guys can do because it's got cut out steps and everything. Have I understated natural bridges? What do you guys say about it? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a nice easy hike for somebody that's biking every day or doing stairmaster <laughs> and you can see where you're going in the dark it's not easy it's, it's terrifying yeah. <laughs> so we've got to keep that in mind if you're thinking about the now red rock milky way workshop uh just know that natural bridges is only point like what five three miles or was it it's like yeah it's like 0.3 or 0.4 miles it's pretty yeah, short you just take it slow yeah. you take it slow know that it's going to make you huff and puff and i have no shame in saying i'll wait with you let's take a little more time breathing i like a break that's for sure that did help a lot <laughs> having you by my side <laughs> calming me down patting me on the shoulder <laughs> so now here we are natural bridges has gotten some milky way goosenecks no natural bridges yeah and then this stupid army of clouds formed and it started having a giant battle in front of our shot. So we went up, got to the vehicle, put our things away. We saw an Italian and a Japanese family, right, sitting up on their Not RV. a Japanese family, but was, I think it was a bunch of college students, like oh. a big group of Japanese college students. So It was like two RVs full of them. Yeah, yeah. So there was at least 12 of them, maybe even as many as 20. And, sitting uh, on top there, right? Yeah, and so I assume they were Japanese students, but I really couldn't tell exactly, but I think they were. So. Right. But they were sitting on top of their RV watching the Percy and Meteor Shower leftovers because it happened that weekend before, and it was awesome because they'd see a meteor and they'd all cheer oh. like a goal was scored. They're like, hey, yeah, woo! Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I loved that. It made me excited because anyone who's over-enthusiastic for Astro stuff, they're on my book of mm -hmm. the best people in the world. <laughs> So let's go and travel away from that. We had a terrible night of goosenecks that was, oh, okay, Aaron just is going to sleep. It's so boring. Then it was natural bridges that was so exciting and everything was pretty. We go to Blanding and end up sleeping there. It's a pretty distant drive from Blanding to natural bridges, so we couldn't just go back and forth. Everyone wanted to stay once we got there. It's not that bad. It's 40 so minutes, but that's Aaron King talking. It's like, hey, it's not it's 20 minutes long. It's almost dry. So then from Blanding, that's when we took off to Canyonlands, and you saw it, and we're going to Goblin Valley. Now, Goblin Valley, we had to skip in the beginning, and I love Goblin Valley. Goblin Valley is unique and fun, and it's like this pristine sandstone playground that you guys had a chance to go in. How many of you had been there before? Anyone? Just Jeff? Well, 
I went there first because that's where we were originally intending to was meet. Was that your first time so ever seeing it? That was the first it? time I've been over to Goblin Valley. I've been out to Utah a fair number of times for a oh, Midwestern right boy, but because I used to mountain bike in Moab a lot. But uh, yeah, it was it really cool. I got there Sunday, but anyone okay. have any poetic first impressions that can make people drool and wish they were there? <laughs> First oh, impressions, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Too much of a high standard. Anyone have some simple descriptions and observations? Well, you know, it's an awesome place. I, I don't know how to describe these things. We call them hoodoos, I think. But uh, I, some of them are like mushrooms. Some of them are like... Goblins. <laughs> yeah, hey, goblins. What they are and how they're made, we're not sure. But, uh, I believe it was Shakespeare that once said, Not marble nor the gilded monuments of time can outlive this powerful rhyme. But you shall shine more brightly, and I don't remember the rest. <laughs> uh, that's wow. awesome. Wow. Oh, I'm impressed. <laughs> Chuck, what are your first impressions of Goblin Valley? All that. Yeah. <laughs> He's just crying right now, guys. He's, He's wiping tears. <laughs> it was like living in Playland. <laughs> we followed the yellow brick road, and there were a bunch of munchkins all covered in mud. <laughs> And it was fun to experience and play with all those little munchkins, even in the dark. <laughs> you guys were going around looking for a composition that you looked forward to actually shooting that we never did two nights in a row trying to get anything better than, than clouds and rain and stuff. But what made you choose your composition? What stood out for you, Chuck, that you're like, okay, I want to shoot a Milky Way over this? There was a, a, an isolated hoodoo which looked like a double mushroom, one mm. on top of the other. And in using photo pills, which you taught me how to use, I've been trying forever to figure out what was what and what the buttons was for. And right. he finally straightened it out for me, and it appeared that the Milky Way, if it had shown up for our appointment, <laughs> would have been perfect, right over top of this, the top mushroom's head. Mm -hmm. But it didn't come on, so... We got what we could. I think they're going to go get your shot next weekend. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call a rain check. <laughs> yeah. Here's the raw yeah. file. Sorry. <laughs> did anyone else get a composition out there you knew you wanted to shoot? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go to Tim. I did. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's an X right there on the ground. Oh, oh you, you marked it. I think Chuck did the same thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably not after the to. rain. <laughs> I don't know. Is it raining? Well, yeah. Who knows? Uh yeah, it was a nice composition, I think. What they were was like, it about? What about it? It was sort of open in the middle, but there were these hoodoos or whatever on coming at you on both sides. And so... Well, remember the one on the left? The mama yeah. rabbit one and the like little a, baby rabbit? Right, yeah. Mm. And they were like layered. There were one sort of closer to you, then back and back, and we were just thinking about lighting. I mean, you could have done some really nice lighting. Yeah, on yeah. That. Yeah. And it was marked in dirt, not sandstone. Yeah. I like Tim so much. I, <laughs> marked I really it. Was. Yeah, it was marked in dirt, not in the sandstones. Yeah. Yeah, just to make sure. mentioning that because we, we oh. don't recommend. Let's yes, just carve yes, it. Yeah. 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 This one, this one. Yeah. Sorry. This one's for Aaron. A, A, R, O. <laughs> no, never. Yeah. yeah, we did lots of complaining uh, a few locations about graffiti we saw in the sandstone. And I've, I've seen that other places, too, mm -hmm. that just super frustrating <laughs> just irks you yeah so after that first night getting a chance to go out in the goblins and get all excited and then have it turn into clouds we had a mother and her son her son was being dragged behind he didn't want to be there kid, yeah. I was like, I <laughs> like a, mom want to go she's like i got hope i got optimism it'll happen and so did i and we just ended up spending the night talking about things that didn't happen at all so the next day we're trying to make the most of sleeping after we well, went to the sunrise the next morning right yeah 
and the sunrise. Like, okay, well, there's clouds, so there should be good sunrise. And we ended up getting skunked where the only clouds on the horizon were directly in front of the sun. It's ridiculous. I got more great portraits, though, of photographers. Yeah, you got to explain the portraits because... Jeff has been having a blast getting portraits of Chuck and everybody, and he has one of Brendan that I love. Are you talking about that picture, the comic strip? Yeah, yeah he's got a little okay. short series that he, yeah. <laughs> I was going to behave and not talk about it, because I really like the silhouette Sunstar one with him. But, right, right. But yeah, so I was just, nothing's happening out towards the towards where the sun rises at or any other direction. So I was like, yeah, I got the, the 55 to 200 on. I'm like, ah, I can pull in on these guys and get some portraits and and Brendan took off his glasses and rubbing some, rubbing his eye so it looks like he was crying and he's talking to <laughs> and he's talking to Aaron and then in the next moment he's Aaron's kind of like standing there looking downhill at where Brendan's walking away and then the next moment Aaron has turned and he's got his arm stretched out and pointing over towards the towards where we were shooting and <laughs> it's kind of like oh we're supposed to be a sunrise there's no sunrise and, and then Aaron's consoling him but it's happening it's gonna happen I'm like no no it's too late <laughs> yeah, it'll make a good comic strip <laughs> did anyone pull anything else out of that uh, sunrise buff yeah, that's completely skunk sunrise than uh, Jeff no one else yeah well, so, we were close enough to a highway. There were some trucks and some triple on that, trailer. On that edge of Triple the trailer trucks. <laughs> and, uh, and Jeff and I were there, so we were trying to get a few uh, light trails on that highway. Oh, yeah, yeah you guys we were even celebrating at one point. Yeah, yeah. To, to triple trucks. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> it's hard enough to be a photographer and deal with the loss of the sky and you know, getting skunked. It's terrible to run a workshop and get skunked. It's just <laughs> the pressure and stress. And so I was happy when I heard them celebrating. Uh, do you guys agree with that, that it's worse for them? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's worse, it's worse for you guys. You guys have it the heart. Yeah, you guys spent money to be here and didn't see it. So I hear them celebrating. I'm happy. And I look over and I see them on what is a very flaky, loose soil cliff face that they're standing on the edge and from my perspective there's a drop-off and they're standing literally two yards from the drop-off i'm like what on earth are and they doing like this really loose soil like hill <laughs> steep hill coming to that cliff and they're like i'm like how the heck do they get out of there like are they gonna be safe yeah and then i, I the had drop, my camera bottom. set up you know on the tripod that's one of those deals where you've got to kick one of the legs way out in order to keep it on balance because yeah. the ground is so at an angle and i had to wrap myself around the camera in order to see it and set it up and that uh, gave chase to uh, jeff of course <laughs> it's a great it's a great portrait of him doing some landscape photography yoga <laughs> I'm creating my own new niches here What'd you call Brendan the downward tog? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, with the downward tog and the photog warrior position. I'll, I'll think of more positions later. <laughs> Tim, you tried your best. I mean, talking about the best to try and get that sunrise interesting because you traveled probably a mile away from us to get something. Yeah, that's good. where we coined the Where's Tim. Yeah, yeah it is. We're realizing this, that it's happening. The Where's Tim thing. Well, everyone else was up on this like little ridge, and so I went up there, and uh, it was going to be a while before sunrise. So I thought, well, I'll go down and see what I can find down below. So <laughs> I like to wander. Did you Did you find anything? I, I had a composition. Mm -hmm. He's not going <laughs> to tell us about it. Awesome. Secret, secret, awesome. The, the, <laughs> picture he's going to share later. There wasn't anything to take it of. So, yeah. uh, 
unfortunately. Mm. So, actually, the sun did come later behind us. Yeah. On these, yeah. uh, what did you call them, the shark teeth or something? Yeah, yeah on the Sawtooth Ridge, that's uh, part of that area, which is just upheaval, just huge. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean. They call it the shark reef shark of yeah. San Rafael Suelo. It's this yeah. reef of white rock that just looks like someone has bitten the earth from the inside of the earth and their teeth came through the surface. It's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Chuck, how did you fare with some of your shots from that morning? Uh, I got a beautiful panel, which hopefully I'll be able to show you later. Mm. Um, it got kind of boring for a second, and then I watched Tim roam around from the other side of the mountain. <laughs> I decided to do a Tim Patrol. Where is he in the next five minutes? Where is he still there? <laughs> then he disappeared since he was under boulders that I couldn't see. Um, it was fun. You know, what we probably needed is to put Tim into Chuck's shirt. <laughs> Chuck had a tremendous yellow shirt that would have been seen from a helicopter. <laughs> On the other side of the mountain. <laughs> Seriously. We honestly had a great group of guys that were making it a lot of fun to deal with being skunked in every aspect. Other than Gear Time is going to talk about an aspect that we couldn't get skunked because that turned out really, really well. Portrait photography turned out very well. And then we had some other fun in another place that we'll talk about in just before we go to the last segment. But I want to ask you guys about one thing that you guys felt like you are happy. Okay, I'm going to force you to do something that will benefit me. Say one thing that you feel like it was worth being here for. And I'm going to start with John. One thing? I have to limit it to just one thing? Oh, that's the best thing? news ever. I want to hear all of them. <laughs> Write it down and sign it. And say that. Well, I have to say, based on what we got hit with, mm. you know, wildfire smoke conditions and uh, cloud conditions and so forth, you guys made this trip fun trip oh, oh, made it all work out you, I mean uh, unbelievable number of additional things that you just on the spot figured out we were gonna be able to do and that was very much appreciated yes then thank you Jeff if you have anything well first of all I mean Aaron King is just the most beautiful person in the world he's talking about <laughs> Chuck actually <laughs> <laughs> no. oh but I but I thought we wanted to compliment you yeah. no <laughs> I see where you're going yeah. Well played. <laughs> well played, man. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it, everything could have gone just downhill <laughs> with the, the weather conditions we had, but everybody just sucked it up and said, whatever, this is what we got. This is what you shoot. So I right. never photograph people. Never. <laughs> I don't like people in my photos. <laughs> I had a blast photographing this group of people. Pulled out my inner Dan Bailey. <laughs> nice, nice. We haven't had a chance to talk about what we did this morning, so if any of you guys feel like the morning was a highlight, it's okay, and then we'll come into some more details on it. So I'll go to Chuck, then Tim. With all the uh, mishaps, misadventures we had, <laughs> <laughs> your guidance from the two of you made it positive. The group that we have, everybody was positive. Yeah. There wasn't any negative statements, oh, we paid all this money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, we just switched the gears and made it the best we could. This was a trip worth taking a few times a year. Nice. I hope you do. I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, I honestly. will be. <laughs> Tim, is there anything left to say? Because I don't know if there is. <laughs> no, nah, I just agree with everyone else. I mean, you guys really went above and beyond to uh, find things for us to do during the days when, you know, the nights were not so good. So uh, yeah. not your fault. You know, you can't control the weather. So 
That's so say, true. Chuck was saying, if I could control the weather, that'd be great. And I said, man, if I could control the weather, our workshops would be so priceless. People would come to our place, and he's like, yeah, yeah you'd have a limo. People would show up. You'd just be there like, okay, landscape photography time. Swirl the clouds in. And then it's like, poof. Milky Way time, guys. And they <laughs> be a rock star. <laughs> so Brandon and I are going to talk real quick about a photo misadventure that went because of us, I'd say, a little bit. But in the end, it turned out really, really well. And then we'll talk about how we took care of this morning because this morning was fantastic. So I want to talk about we switched drivers. We're going to go out to the Wedge Overlook. And we've always come at the Wedge Overlook from the north. Mm -hmm. And we know about the exit. And we've come at it from the south. So we were heading to the south. And then we just had a little disconnect with Google telling us to go right and and that actually ended us going to Price. And then you had to do this like dangerous freeway maneuver just to get us over to the exit. Well, yeah, it was interesting because the exit was just this tiny little dirt road <laughs> yeah. with one little sign that was maybe like a little info board. And Google's like, turn left there. I'm just like, I'm going 80 miles an hour. <laughs> and I've got one lane and everybody's going 80 like behind me and in front of me. And I've got one lane that I'm in and there's two lanes that I was supposed to turn across. And they're all going 80 as well. And I'm just like, I don't know about this, you know? <laughs> and so I pass and I'm like, oh, I guess that was my turn. And uh, we luckily was able to find like a little pull out like a mile up the road. But that was a little precarious. That was a little, yeah. little weird. And so you guys aren't thinking we're actually on a freeway. It's one of those two-lane highways where you can turn around and you have pullouts and there's turnoffs. And so it's one of the normal ones, but we are going 80. People are coming at us going 80. And so trying to find that gap and opening. And then Brennan flipped a quick Huey in the van <laughs> and got us over to what ended up being like a 90-degree turnoff. It wasn't something that you could do at a pace. You had to <laughs> you slow way stop. down. Yeah, you literally had to almost stop to turn into this little dirt road because there was no like easement or anything it was just straight in and go and it was also just very weird but it was a very very just rugged dirt road that took us that was google's idea of the most direct way uh, to get there if we would have went through price it would have added maybe 15 minutes to the drive but yeah. maybe even less because this was all dirt road. It took us a long time to travel on that dirt road. Probably 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that Google gives you this pathway thinking that you're going to go 65 still just because that road exists. But they don't realize when there's no speed limit on that dirt road, sometimes we hit these really soft sand areas where a wash comes through. And we're all thinking, okay, Brendan, go really fast. Get through there so we don't get stuck. And then we're saying, slow down, slow down. It hurts. We're on the axle <laughs> because he gets a bump and we go flying. And so we're constantly like yelling directions to Brendan, who's driving, trying to go through or keep us safe on these little van tires that I was hoping weren't going to be a classic Photog Adventure story. Yeah, luckily the tires held up very well. I'm looking at them and inspecting them every day like, hey, these things are holding up. So Sponsored by Kumho Tires. Yeah, <laughs> Kumho, thank you for building some solid, sturdy tires. I was just having fun, actually. I was just like, hey, dirt road, sharp turns, you know. So was Jeff. Jeff was having fun, and everyone in the car had their cameras out, and they were doing slow motion footage. It was like hanging out with teenagers. <laughs> All these slow motion captures of everybody, and then they'd see, like, here goes John taking his glasses off at 240 frames per second. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, hey, we're like, that was really classic. It yeah. was. It was funny. You guys went from the really giddy, fun crowd doing that to, oh, we're all car sick. <laughs> Let's all be quiet for a moment. It was the seven year old milk I drank <laughs> from the gas station. He got strawberry, like, Nest Quick from the gas station that probably hasn't been taken out of there since, you know, Brendan and I did a Milky Way in 2016. One of those non really, not really popular drinks that get shifted a lot. They tasted a lot better when I was a kid, too. <laughs> mm. 
So that turned out not to be just eight minute difference from the other path. It ended up being a lot longer to get there. And I think all of us were clenching our cheeks, hoping that we would get there all the way. Oh my God, I couldn't even relax. I was thinking, okay, just make it through the next section. We're on the road that isn't traveled a lot. And if we do get stuck, it's just gonna be us hanging out with our workshop. And that was, that was a scary thought. Yeah, and the road was really interesting because you, you had to, you'd force you to go somewhere between 25 and 45, depending on what the terrain was like. And even up to 55 in some really flat, you know, straight areas where it actually just kind of smoothed out and you can actually just cruise finally. But a lot of it at the very beginning was really just rough and rugged and sharp turns. And it was just, it was gorgeous. I mean, the scenery was awesome. Yeah. But uh, there was cool boulders everywhere. And I was just like, oh, I got to make a mental note of this place. That's cool. And, you know, <laughs> but but there was some weird, like, there was a few, like, dirt roads. And I had to take another sharp turn to get the one way and then another right turn to get on, get on the path again. It was just, it was bizarre. We'd never done that before. So... I'm glad we had a chance to do that with a workshop. That was a great time. <laughs> so, in the end, Chuck, was it worth it where we ended up? Yes, it was. Tell um, everybody where we ended up, and I'll let you describe it. We ended up at Utah's Wedge Overlook. Oh. At Wedge Overlook, which is basically Utah's version of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say where it was because people might show up and take my spot. <laughs> it was beautiful. We were the only ones there for a long time. Um, you can see for miles and miles, and we didn't lose Tim that time. But, <laughs> but I was tempted to wander. Uh, well worth the trip. I'm not so sure about the butt clenching up the cheeks <laughs> my life passed before my eyes a few times i think i fainted once or twice but it was well worth the trip i look over i'm like how are things going chuck he's like mm. <laughs> like yeah. don't ask it was, yeah even though we were getting jostled in the very back aaron and i at least we couldn't see where we were going i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have fear foreshadowed so then uh, you never heard of the wedge, Jeff. You've been here a lot. You were surprised about that. And then yeah. you guys will have you talk about the Buckhorn Wash area. Yeah, I'd never been there before, but um, I've been to the Grand Canyon and seen that. And I've seen uh, Waimea Canyon out in Kauai. And that's it actually reminded me a lot of uh, Waimea Canyon, um, except that one's a little more green because it's, <laughs> it's with waterfalls and whatnot. But, it, but, there's, similar, but there's, there's a lot of similarities there with uh, the streams that are running down through it and all. Um, very cool. And I just brought with a little point-and-shoot camera um, running out there. So so I just went and looked at it, and I went, oh, yeah, this is really cool. I need to come out here in my van sometime and just mm -hmm. spend a little bit of time. Oh, yeah. It's worth it. I mean, a lot of Utahns don't even know the Wedge Overlook area. So John and Tim, the Buckhorn Wash Drive, was that worth it a lot better than the other version of the drive there? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you know, this place is an amazing place. I can't believe it. it hasn't had more exposure mm. uh to the public out there but this you you get to that overlook first and you're it's like the grand canyon in not maybe in depth but it's deep and uh what's awesome then is after i took a 280 degree panoramic then we left and it didn't take us long and we're we're down in the 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 valley of it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. really didn't take that long to get down there and then Maybe about 20 minutes and, or so and that's what's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was probably 20 minutes <laughs> but what's awesome is how high the walls are then so you're oh, down yeah. in this little grand canyon and you're at the base of it all of a sudden yeah. and it's yeah. awesome as you're going through there and then 
we got some discoveries. Yeah, you want to see the discoveries? Uh, well, well yeah. Uh, but also on the bottom, not only do you have the big walls, but you're going, it's green, mm-hmm. trees. I mean, there's a little Beautiful. stream. I, it was just, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah. Big boulders and rocks that have fallen off through time. Uh, and like uh, Aaron said, I was taking a lot of slow motion video. <laughs> it just, as you're driving along, it just made the, the blurb, you know, of the road and whatnot better. So mm. looking forward to looking through those. Uh, John had something else. Oh yeah, yeah. Some so, so we discovered, right? You had, you guys hadn't seen that before, and that's the footprint. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so down yeah. in the valley is where you can find a dinosaur footprint, and I've heard about it. I've heard my uncle talk about it. Even my mom has talked about it before. Like, oh, if you're gonna go down there, you should find the footprint. I'm like, I have no idea where to find this footprint. But we're driving along the road, and I'm following, you know, Google's map, and all of a sudden I see the little, the little thing ping up and said dinosaur footprint i'm like hey guys it's, it's like right over here it's like i stopped i backed up i'm like it's somewhere right over here let's go check it out so i ran up the little f- hill a little hill that i could find a, a little path to and zigzag a couple switchbacks and then sure enough i'm looking around the ground i'm looking for it i'm like i don't really see anything and all of a sudden i see it i'm like hey that's cool so i got everybody <laughs> up to show you guys and that was a pretty neat little spot it was great yeah yeah it was great this whole area was populated by a barrier people, and the barrier people were doing pictographs. And then there was another thousand years later, another people that did actual petroglyphs. That's where the buckhorn name comes from. There's this buckhorn petroglyph before the dinosaur footprint that we decided to bypass because, man, it was to the point where it was so hot. We just didn't want to get out of the car so many times, and we haven't mentioned it, but the van, the one van, because we didn't have a full enough group to get two vans, we jammed that thing packed. Oh, yeah. Myself and Brendan and Jeff took turns sitting in the back. Where Cozy. You, you're at the mercy of the other people to let you out when you get it somewhere, so you feel like a little kid again, and it gives you about a little kid's space, a gap for your feet to actually sit. So typical minivan. Yeah, so we didn't want to get in and out too many times. We let Brendan go find the footprint before we all got out of the car. <laughs> and, yeah, it was pretty cool. I loved it. And did you guys like the buckhorn wash, those drawings? Oh, definitely. Yeah, except for, you know, they had cleaned off some <sighs> graffiti, graffiti, you know, graffiti people. Graffiti, but actually they were beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Let's end real quick this segment with the story of this morning, because I'm sure we're going to have at least 10 minutes of bragging about how much we liked this morning, and then we'll go into gear time and not tip last, of the week. Not last night. <laughs> what was that? Last, last night's adventure. Well, last night's, uh, You're right. This could go on for another 30 morning. minutes. Let's buckle down and try and make this only 15 more minutes. <laughs> so last night's adventure, oh, how do we begin to tell it? We're sitting there. We go to Goblin Valley. It's cloudy, but we're thinking, let's hang out. And it could clear up. So these guys get really creative with ways that we're going to mess around with it. I'll let Brendan explain Jeff and Brendan and John's project. And then we'll hear from Chuck and Tim on their light painting. We'll just do that in the next two minutes. Go for it. Well, so so Jeff and I see Jeff setting up for this S-curve. And, and, or sorry, Jeff and I see John setting up for this S-curve. And John's sitting there with his camera all set up aiming at the S-curve and talking, the talking to Jeff like, hey, okay, so Jeff, turn your lights on and go down the road and see if we can get a cool like, light trail down this S-curve. And a few other cars came by as they were exiting the canyon uh, to go home, and they got cool lights down the S-curve. And as it was getting darker and darker, uh, we decided to amp up the idea by uh, <laughs> yeah. doing some creative work down the S-curve. And that's when the, that's some of the spinning LED idea came into, came into light. And then we decided to open the back of the gate of the van and do more spinning leds with the van lights going down the s curve and 
So we ran down the S curve, drove down the S curve, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was just, it was really cool, and it ended up, ended up being yeah, really awesome, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. And so and yeah. then what Chuck, you and uh, Tim were well, setting up a different that, thing. Before you do that, John, did the pictures turn out? What were the pictures turning out? Like? Oh yeah, yeah, the pictures definitely turned out. That was a good group project though. <laughs> but it, it go, it's set the scene is set though by this gorgeous butte. And we had some late sunset, blue hour sky behind that for the first part of it. So uh, we just left that camera set basically in the middle of the road. <laughs> and that frame, we didn't want to move it or anything right. <laughs> because we, we knew we were going to go into darker and darker and darker. But it was a lot of fun. These guys had did a great job. Yeah, playing with light trails is fun. But when you get Jeff and Brennan together and the light trails turn into, <laughs> let's tape on these lights to the end of a tripod and wag it like a tail when we run backwards <laughs> down a hill, it, it just changes it. <laughs> there was that. Then it was. Wait, what if we put these on the windshield wipers while going back up? <laughs> so, we so. left that night with my headlamp attached to the windshield wiper for the next like hour and a half. Yeah. We just taped it on there. And luckily it didn't fly off. <laughs> That's a good gaffer tape. Sponsored by gaffer's tape. So we wanted something funny with the windshield wipers coming back, but then John didn't know to take a picture, so we never really got a shot of that. So. <laughs> So then some of the more serious members of our group were playing around with the cooler way of light painting, and I think they got the envy shot of the week. Tell the truth, they left the two wanderers alone, <laughs> untethered. So we decided to go out in the field to the Hoodoo uh, Three Sisters. Uh, beautiful structure. We were, we're just going to go a few feet into the dark field, which I loved. <laughs> But it got to a point where we knew we had to get closer to do low-level lighting. And I got out there, and Tim had his camera, and we wandered out. And I lit it up and realized I had to go back and get my camera in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got the shots off, and they really look marvelous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, Chuck was gone for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I started worrying about him so <laughs> I was just standing there taking pictures so uh, the sky went from blue to you know it kept getting darker and darker and the last couple shots I got the sky was almost black mm. some of that was clouds but uh, <laughs> some of them turned out pretty nice I think so they quite really happy did. with it those three sisters you see typically from the hill up above not so much an intimate shot down below they're, they're the ground level of them and they take up the full frame mm. and then they have a really great blue hour sky with some interesting clouds in the background and i just the light painting they did on it gave us interest and texture it turned out really well really sharp i loved it and then yeah. jeff had an idea hey you know what to be kind to the campers that campground that we are setting up <laughs> let's let's go let's go back quickly before milky way and set up our campsite at about 9.30-ish, you know. Yeah, it was about 9.30. Set, every, set yep. everything up so we can come back and we don't have to we just, just jump on our cots and sleep and not have to worry about setting up. I like how I'm getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was a great idea. It was a great idea because nobody wants to go back at 2 o'clock in the morning groggy and just like, oh, now we got to set up camp. Uh, and, and, and our neighbor would have killed us. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and then our camping neighbor would have been really angry. But, uh, yeah, things did a little turn on us there. Yeah, we finally make it out there to do a light painting presentation. And I'm all excited to do it. And it starts to rain. And Jeff volunteers to go back and at least pull, like, sleeping bags out and caught pads so they don't get soaked so that we could be okay and not get wet before we go back there. It turned into a much bigger nightmare than just water. Yeah, so I get back over to the campground. And, I'm, and part of why I went is because I'm familiar with it from staying there for a couple of days previous. So, mm. um, so I, I ran out there, 
and I get there, and you can hardly see the campground because of all the dust that's blowing across from the wind. It wasn't really raining yet, but it was super windy and dusty. And this this neighboring camp guy, uh, ground guy comes over because I'm, I'm I get to pull in and there's just stuff like strewn all over. And this neighbor guy comes over. He's like, your fire embers are all over the place. I'm like, we didn't even light a fire, dude. That's not ours. <laughs> he's like, well, your stuff's over up the hill. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, like, I, so I grab, we, and we'd left my van behind over there. And I've got things like tarps in there. So I'm throwing all these sleeping bags that I can find that are nearby and cots underneath the, the little shelter they I have. Imagine. I tarped over them and threw the tent that wasn't being used over those climbed up these other these other hills and hoodoos that are behind and found most of the things <laughs> but i knew that there was another I, I thought anyway that there was another mat still and i it was a it was a climb to get up this yeah, this hill yeah it was hill. a cot pad yeah so it was like a, it was like a cottony or not cottony but a pillowy you know mat that goes over the cot yeah can, it's basically know. a giant camp mat so i'd found yeah. two of those well, there were supposed to be three, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when we got back to the campsite, after it rained on us a few times, we went back, and Jeff and I uh, went back to the top of this hill. We're looking around with our spotlights, and then we find this one. So, I mean, we go up this hill, which was really steep. It's like a... 50 feet, maybe? I mean, it was Easily, easily, if not more. And then we yeah. look up, and there's like another 20 feet higher on the other hill. On the other side of this ravine, there's like this thing is there resting i'm like you gotta be kidding me and so i go down a little bit and skirt around like a mountain goat to get around to the, get this mat and then i, I was down i was glad i didn't find that one so that i got to oh go gosh, and it's... see just how much chaos there had been because yeah. I, mean, were... I can't even imagine how it even ended up there because it's i just... may tell stories from time to time it's and they wouldn't have believed nuts. me yeah. yeah it was nuts but you gotta understand from my perspective when aaron started teaching the light painting i'm just like oh i gotta go to the bathroom so i went to the bathroom and i left the door open because it's hot in there so i leave the door open to the wind and then the wind starts breezing through I'm like oh that's nice a nice breeze you know like this feels good and then i hear and then the wind's getting stronger i'm like oh it's getting really breezy out there and then yeah from from the bathroom i hear i'm like is it raining out there like what is going on like it was perfectly still when i left what is going on out there and I come back, it's all chaos. You know, like. <laughs> well, well, we ran into the bathroom to get the keys, too. And it was like, throw the keys out. He's like, uh, uh they ended okay. up in the other stall. <laughs> and I'm all thinking, I'm not opening this door, Brendan. I, why couldn't you get it all the way out? I'm not coming in there. Wait, wait, wait. That is the wrong thing to say. <laughs> So this is uh, not a photog adventure unless you hear one story from Brendan from the bathroom. So we were out there fixing that, trying to do light painting. And when I say, okay, guys, I mean, let's go down and do some Milky Way light painting practice. They all look at me like, no, I'm not bringing my camera out there in the rain. Like, this rain will go away. It's going to stop soon. And it, it just got harder. Yeah, it just started really pounding down on us. And then we just said, you know what, let's just call it. And our consolation was, you know what? If tonight doesn't work out, let's do the slot canyon that uh, Jeff had found earlier. That could be our morning thing that could make up for this, uh, you know, snafu happening tonight. And sure enough, we had and we had to pack up our whole camp and drive back to Green River to get a hotel because it just wasn't going to work out. Well, there's right. lightning and yeah, yeah we were going to sleep outside good. for that. So we packed up, get everything in, go to the next morning to Little Wild Horse, and I'm going to let Jeff tell us about just the point where the great light is. Give us the story of you right there, great light got us because the whole thing is fantastic. But let's just focus on that. Yeah, so I found it uh, I found it online before coming and I on Sunday I went and explored out there. I spent mm. I don't know, 5-6 hours just wandering around in there and there was a 
certain time of day and, and I'm looking at all this reflected light in the, in the slot can and I'm like this is cool this is cool I get to this awesome spot and I knew what time of day it was Sunday when I'd been there so <laughs> being the same time of year I figured hey we're gonna get a great light again there today at the mm-hmm. same time and it just just drops down into the canyon and lights up those walls just mm-hmm. with reflections on it I mean it's it's Antelope Canyon looking style stuff that you see but mm-hmm. just a little canyon over here about a mile into the canyon if that so right so who should I go to to describe what it was for photography? Who wants to go first? Everyone's looking at Chuck. Let's go with Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. <laughs> Needless to say, they left the two that needed the most supervision alone to themselves. Um, it was... <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I wondered... Some, it's so beautiful that about every 10 paces you want to stop and take a picture with right. it, which I did. Uh, I saw Tim was doing the same thing. Um, the light painting is something, uh, not light painting, but the light quality there is something I've never experienced before anywhere. Mm. And I thank you, Jeff, for taking us there. It's to be seen firsthand. So I, I was with you guys for the most part. I came a little bit ahead of you, and then I'm wondering... I don't remember seeing Jeff back there. Did he go way ahead of us? So I started picking up my pace and actually just going through the canyon. And I'm like, Jeff, Jeff, like, where are you? And then, and then I see him coming. He's like, okay, about 1.6 or 0.16 miles up ahead. My tripod's there. The light's shining. He's like, he's like booking it back. He's like, I'm going to go tell these other guys to hurry up because the light's really good there. So I'm like, okay. And I'm walking. I'm like, where's this light? Walking some more. Remember more corners, more corners. I'm like, where is this tripod? Like, how far is 0.16 miles? You know? It's the same <laughs> like, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes up. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a solid 20 minutes. And, I'm finally, and I finally find this tripod. I'm like, oh. <gasps> Oh, okay. And then I started taking pictures. I'm like, well, I know he's already going back to get the other guy, so I'm just going to go at it, you know? <laughs> a very winded Jeff showed up at our spot, and it was 2.1 or 0.21 miles away. So you really had a nice little run for that spot. But uh, I pretty t- much ran up and back <laughs> down. So, because I just took one picture when I got there, and I turned around, dropped my stuff, brought the camera back, and I was like, this is what you guys are going to miss <laughs> if you keep shooting all this stuff. Pretty quickly after that. And it, admittedly, it was hard to keep going and catching up to where he wanted us to go because he kept passing things. Things like, no, I don't want to pass this. I don't want to leave this. Leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Just one more minute. (laughs) We get to this spot where the slot canyon is very narrow and doing a typical slot canyon where you can get your shoulders only, you know, through that. And then the light is lighting up and people are laying on their backs. They're climbing up high. What shot did you get, John, that was your favorite? (laughs) Well, well, before talking about the, 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 the single shots, what I did with the phone was I did a walking. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, th- these canyons get really narrow. So everybody probably listening is familiar with Antelope Canyon and so forth, which is great and gorgeous, no problem. But here, we were basically alone. We could use tripods if we wanted to. We could take all the time we wanted to. And it's just absolutely gorgeous, the, uh, the weaving and the, the, you know, the formations and, and what water does to rock. Everybody sees that. But the way the reflections of the light was fantastic. But there was these two two areas especially one area where it gets really narrow and uh, yet it was still you know walkable but it was really fun to take a vertical video and just walk slowly through there i'm i'm loving it already as i'm reviewing it because it just helps you to uh, remember the experience it, it's it's going to be great i can't wait to see everybody's shots though from, from that <laughs> oh, yeah, part no of the kidding. trip 
if you guys saw the video, it's like a screensaver where it's a slow, real balanced, stable walkthrough just to experience it for yourself. Yeah, I really want to put that on the back of my computer. <laughs> well, Slot Canyon, one of those bucket list things, yeah. you know, and I'm so glad we got to do it. Thank you very much. I mean, Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. It was it was fabulous, just like everyone said. It, uh, the light, the you know, you expect it to be small. Uh, it's just fabulous. And for a hike that you want to do, you want to do it in the early morning, go because the light's better then as well as just so much easier to hike in the cooler temperature. It's, you're in the shade for a lot of the hike as well, so it's a fantastic little place to go. Love it. No other comments? Chuck, what do you want to – did you have any impressions of uh, the Slot Canyons? I know – did you mention something at the beginning? I did, yeah. Yes, you did? Yes, okay, yes, that's right. Okay. They so left we got me untethered, which was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ways that the – you can position your camera in such a way that you can get the blue sky, yellow light hitting the rock at the very top, and then bouncing down and through the canyon, it goes from the yellow down into the orange shade, and then it transitions to a bluish purple towards the bottom where the red yeah. rock turns more red, and then it blends these colors from the sky okay. and the rock, and it, you know, red rock, blue sky, and up purple, and so it's just this crazy, awesome palette of colors you can get from just one single shot. It's just amazing the tones you can get. So <laughs> great. It's an awesome place, and thank goodness it exists because we got skunked Milky Way-wise. What a fantastic way to enjoy the end. I mean, these guys are all laughing and enjoying themselves right now instead of asking me for what kind of percentage of a refund they can get. And so thank goodness for that. We can do that? <laughs> I never said anything. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast. We'll come back and do gear time and then tip of the week where I'm going to put you guys all collectively on the spot to answer what you would tell someone who's going to come and do this and they should prepare for for it in order to experience this workshop. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Jeff and I are going to kick off gear time now and just talk about a couple of things that he had brought with him. One, one being a 10 millimeter lens that is a, what he calls rectilinear. it, a rectilinear. Yeah. And nicknamed so it's not a, magic. It's not, a, it's not a fisheye. It's not a fisheye. It's a and rectilinear. It's a, a 10 millimeter full millimeter. frame. So it's different. It's something that I would, like to have in my bag now because it was so fun seeing his pictures when he showed them is incredible i mean it's i've awesome. got a 15 millimeter that does similar but having that extra five millimeters wow what a it's difference a huge that makes. difference yeah. and, yours is way distorted. and mine's very distorted it's more <laughs> definitely more fisheye at 15 millimeters so um let's talk about that jeff so i guess as first thing is what is the lens yeah. um it's a voigtlander 10 millimeter f 5.6 lens okay um and it's like i said it's rectilinear then so it's not fisheye everything doesn't just go absolutely wonky crazy yeah there's still stretching that happens in all the corners but you can shove it in <laughs> so, so this is one, one of the other quotes like i heard stick your camera in that yeah it's just kind of what Put came your camera from in there and see yeah because with the with the 10 millimeter lens it's it's you can focus about a to about a foot away on, right, on things. right so really small things can appear massive and right. I, I figured out this out on a, on a trip actually in, in Hawaii I was sticking it down into these holes along the ocean mm. of coral that were along the side and I was just like holy cow because I would just drop it down with the timer and with the tripod upside oh, down right okay okay so this is how I found that you could put it in really small yeah, places yeah. and it's like oh that looks neat because <laughs> I, mean, I just do weird things with cameras I guess sure um so we started walking down to, was it Kachina Bridge? Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. there was all this really cool, almost like uh, 
arches and you know it's like canyony looking stuff with yeah, this like loose shale yeah. little cities so i ran back up and grabbed that lens and and, a, and a, it's uh the one i've got is for us uh, for sony cameras so went back up and grabbed that and ran down and just started shoving the camera in these places mm-hmm. <laughs> like showing these guys i'm like oh and, like, and i said i'm gonna go make some magic and like and we're like okay what whatever yeah and he <laughs> like, goes back and shows back his camera we're like, like uh how'd you do that awesome <laughs> And it was just since it was sunset too. The sun was down low, and it was great timing. I was able to you know pop some sun stars in along the edges of these cliffs. Mm. I mean, they're like they look like giant landscapes and giant caverns, and they're four to six inch tall sections. Right, they're was, just tiny. Like I, I I keep forgetting, but I want to bring a little Lego guy with me <laughs> just to set them, just to show like scale sometimes because you do get these really cool macro opportunities, and yet nobody would know that these things aren't tiny they look massive because they're filling your entire frame yeah especially when you have some background element right some mm-hmm. background to go with it too. yeah because there were some then where i was able to get trees to appear off in the in the side right. and right. uh yeah trees and sun stars and tiny the, little villages oh my yeah it's amazing <laughs> little sticks look like logs yeah yeah, and pretty, so another thing uh, we wanted to talk about was the um, that that Aaron thought was pretty cool was your yellow sun sungla- yellow glasses that you had on for sun uh, yeah. to give you really good contrast right yeah so it, yellow driving glasses i i've got a you know a, a camper van and i'd like to drive around in it and i don't mind driving for 12 hours and mm. it really helps to k- keep me awake to have those yellow glasses but the other thing that is awesome about them is that you get the extra contrast especially if you're looking at some foul weather which mm. is you know i like to think of as photographer's weather also <laughs> <laughs> i like bad weather um it, it also um those yellow glasses they make the greens really pop it's like moving your yellow saturation slider and and, <laughs> right. and it really makes everything just go a little bit crazy on you. Like some of those cottonwood trees. So I was passing them around to everybody. I'm like, you got to like try some of these and see what you guys have to see what I'm seeing that you guys mm-hmm. keep driving past. And all we need is a yellow slider to move. <laughs> it's going to look beautiful. It's not flat. <laughs> so now we're going to um, just talk about uh, the sensor, the sensor loop viewer that you guys have on your cameras, is that correct? It was a loop that he... Oh, a loop, oh. It was a loop that they used to clean their sensor. That's what it was. Yeah, it yes, had an extra... Yes. Oh, just describe it, John, I won't say Yeah, it. go ahead and tell us about it. We were reviewing some of my images from, I don't know... The day before. The first day, or, whatever day yeah. it was, and noticed that there were a lot of spots, and so uh, it was my sensor that was dirty. So John said he had the perfect thing, so he went <laughs> over to his bag and pulled out this, and I'll let him tell you what it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, it, whenever you're going to clean a sensor, a lot of people seem to be afraid to do this, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Because if you're doing this work carefully and with the right things, you're not you're not going to hurt that sensor. Right. And gal, sensors collect dust all the time. Mm-hmm. They can't help it when it's an interchangeable lens camera. You're just going to bring it in. Right. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, so Tim just didn't have the uh, everything to do it with. So I have I always bring with me, of course, the rocket blower and mm. some uh, sensor cleaning uh, different items that I use the brush and and uh, and there's a new uh, cleaner that I that I'm using now that I uh, really like. Uh, it's made by Pentex. Oh, and okay. It, it's for Pentex Rico is the brand name on it. Mm. Uh, works fantastic and it isn't really expensive. Nice, uh, but nevertheless. Uh, I brought with me a um, uh, just a, a sensor loop view. 
Okay. So you can buy them from some of the companies. They're very expensive, up to a hundred bucks. Oh. I think this one was on Amazon. It was only twenty-five or thirty bucks. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's very necessary. You flip the switch on. It's got a whole ring of LEDs oh. that that very well illuminate your sensor. Okay. And then it's made to just set on top of the camera. With the of course the mirror has to be up, or if it's a mirrorless, it already is. But mm -hmm. you're just able to use that. You can dial it in so that it's perfectly sharp on the surface of the sensor nice and that's yeah and the, the, obviously that's the only way you can inspect the cleaning process and know that you've actually succeeded in getting all the dust spots on. right that's so awesome that made a hopefully a big difference for tim yeah it did i mean we got it great i mean there's another spot on there now i noticed today but uh, it did a great job i just used that the blower and uh i had a, a nice brush that i brought with me and uh and it just worked. Yeah, you got it, it worked clean. great. Awesome. That's something that we can put in the link in the description for the show notes, guys. So look for that. Um, we're going to put uh, all these, the, the lenses, the glasses, and the loop viewer in the description. Yeah, and definitely. I'm going to try and get this podcast out while we're driving back. And so you'll have some show notes that are delayed there on the website, but you'll see them up there come up. Go for photogadventures.com forward slash EP89, episode 89, yeah. and you'll find it. So let's end it with this collective tip of advice from all of you guys. So I say collective because any one of you can say it, and I'm not going to make all of you say something. But what, what tip would you guys give? What at least two tips would you give someone considering or is coming out on this workshop? For someone who's coming out here, what would you say? Book early and book often. It's worth it. Book early and book often. Yeah, yeah. Get all of the workshops. We have three next year. Come to all of them. <laughs> yeah, just be open-minded about what you're going to get when it's a weather-based a more weather-based workshop like this because yeah. it's, things might not always work out right, but you can make it up with so much other stuff in this area. It's just such a beautiful part of the country. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. It, guys, it seriously brings tears to my eyes that you guys have such great attitudes about how everything goes on because being in the situation, feeling the pressure of, oh, I didn't deliver. I promised you guys a cookie, and then I kept giving you guys pumpkin pie that was old. It's like, why? Why am I doing this? And it was frustrating. It was frustrating as H, but uh, at least we got through this. I love my experience with you guys. Thank you guys so much. It, I'm going to miss you guys next week. Seriously, it's been a really fun week, and it's just been a real blast. Uh, I've learned a lot, and I get to do a lot of awesome photography with you guys, and I'm just glad you guys have come down and join us. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks, thank everybody, for joining the Photog Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 90. Yeah. Woo! And let's just go right now and have a great week. All right. See you guys. Have a good week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>